All right, good afternoon, everybody. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Back for my first official live episode. Everything else I kind of did was pre-recorded just to get everybody, you know, familiar with the show, put it up there on the podcast. Hope everybody's having a good day today. It's a Tuesday. You know, I'm going to get a regular, like, jingle so I can start off the show so you right away you can hear, you know, Sports Social with Ed Easton. But, you know, right now we're going to start off. Got a little smooth hip-hop, just start off a little instrumental in the background, just so that people can get a little familiar with me, my sound of my voice, you know, good stuff like that. Plenty of great things going on in sports. Obviously, the uh, main thing, if you're a big sports fan like I am, has to be college basketball. You have the NCAA tournament ready to kick off tonight, I believe. You have the playing games. I really don't call them the official start of the tournament. To me, it's Thursday. That's when you have the full slate of games all over different channels, you know, usual CBS, True TV, uh, TNT, TBS, they're all going to be carrying games. They have Charles Barkley acting like he knows what's going on in college basketball, which is kind of funny and comical at the same time. I mean, Charles Barkley, as much as a great NBA player he is, you know, we we make fun of him for what he does on Inside the NBA uh, covering NBA games. So they, they thought, hey, let's bring some of that flair and some of that knowledge, and I'm using air quotes for everybody that's listening, Let's use some of that for college basketball. So they have inserted him, uh, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson. They're going to be a part of college basketball pregame and, uh, you know, uh, halftime reports, all of that, just like they were for the last two years. And it's surprisingly has helped the ratings. A lot of people are tuning in just to see what Charles is going to say. That's usually the way it always works. He, uh, he acts like he knows what's going on. He throws out random opinions. You know, it, sometimes don't even have to do with the actual teams or the schools. He just throws out his opinion because that's what Charles Barkley is about. And probably the same rules apply, which are, Charles, please do not curse. That's basically what they ask for. Not a lot. Just do not curse. So, uh, you know, just but based on all that, you got the tournament. You had the different number one seeds. I'm a North Carolina guy. Didn't go to North Carolina. Couldn't afford it. Didn't get in. Didn't even apply. But... I'm a North Carolina basketball fan, so I'm always going to be rooting for them. I think they have a good team this year. Everybody's projecting them now to win the tournament. Uh, they they pretty much cleaned up the rest of the regular season and the ACC pretty handily. Uh, I felt like Virginia was going to be their toughest test, and they handled them well in the ACC title game. Duke, I'm not too worried about. I know a couple of people that are Duke fans that will have a lot to say about that, and they're probably going to chime in a little bit later in the show. But uh, their team is, is just not good this year. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about Grayson, and he's like the the next Christian Leitner type, that uh, J.J. Redick where you just hate the guy even though he's good. I personally don't even think he's that good. This could be the North Carolina Duke hate that I have inside of me, but I just feel like he's one of those players that's overhyped. He's not a leader. He'll possibly be better, you know, maybe by senior year if he's one of those guys that wants to play all four years. I just don't think he's as 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 advertised as they were saying, oh, he's a can't miss. He's going to come in, change the game. He's not a Ben Simmons. Speaking of Ben Simmons, everybody was expecting, you know, the tournament would be his showcase. You can see really what this guy's all about. That only works if you're on a good team. He decided, I guess, out of high school, let me go to LSU. LSU's the place to go. If you're going to be a one and done player, you got to be you got to be seen. You have to have a showcase, right? You don't go to LSU. 
let's be honest, LSU has not been a real powerhouse, and, and I'm using that very loosely since like Shaq and, you know, Stanley Roberts and Chris Jackson, a.k.a. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, you know, when they were on the team. And that's like the, the what was it, early 90s, late 80s, if you want to call them a powerhouse. I don't understand the choice of schools, you know, but it's obviously coming back to haunt them because... They got destroyed by Texas A&M in the semifinals of their conference tournament. I'm talking about 30-plus point beatdown. Ben Simmons had a double-double, but he looked terrible throughout the game. And the team just never really responded. I look at Ben Simmons, I always say, this is the guy that he's going to be the number one pick. He's going to be the top five guy that everybody wants to look at. He could be the next big thing, in you know, in a sense. I don't get it. I mean, just based off the the college that he chose, you know, Darwell, you weren't going to stay four years in college. You knew if there was still the rule where you could go straight from high school to the NBA, you would have done it already. Let's let's be honest. I don't understand why LSU wasn't a family decision or what. Kentucky, you know, SEC. Why why not? That's what they do. They do one and done players. I'm not promoting it, but I'm saying if that's your your plan anyway, follow through with the plan. That's really all you have to do. So now you're looking at Ben Simmons possibly, you know, being one of those players that has a question mark. We were questioning, you know, Jalil Okafor leading up to the national title game. We were saying, oh, he's number one pick, surefire number one pick. Then we go to the national title game, and he looked... You saw all the flaws. You saw, okay, he's not really a good defender. Uh, maybe not running the floor that well. And just like that, he goes from being a surefire number one pick to the number three pick. And playing in Philadelphia, where he's now out for the season, having knee surgery. So it, it can happen in an instant. You're not automatic just because they have the preseason polls and all that. I don't, I don't really play into any of that stuff. It based on what you do on the court. If you dominate, if you dominate on the court against the best talent available, that means something. But if you're going against the best talent and you're having your struggles, you're not able to make these, you know, these different shots, these passes, you're not making your teammates better. It really just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are personally. If you can't make the team better, what's the point? So uh, let me get off my little rim, a little soapbox about Ben Simmons. And the fact that LSU even just declined NIT. NIT is usually given to every team that doesn't make the tournament, but it's still pretty good. All those bubble teams. LSU was offered an invite, and they declined. They felt like it just wasn't in their best interest as a school to compete in the NIT. They feel like they still need more time to build and prepare for next year. Because they already know Ben Simmons is checked out already, so what's the point? He's already, he's already got LeBron James' agent as his agent now so it's he's pretty much made that decision pretty quickly that this was it for him but uh like i said enough about him the tournament starts today you got the playing games uh i saw some some interesting things you know where people were saying about how the seedings were done and and how the ncaa is investigating the fact that it leaked early yeah i i understand it was it's it's Twitter. Let's be honest. Everybody, everything leaks early. So now NCAA brackets shouldn't be any different. They wanted everything to hold off until the actual show, which they have every year on a Sunday. It, it's usually around six o'clock. 
It's on CBS. It's where they announce it and they show all the teams just waiting to, to either, you know, celebrate or cry together with the rest of their fan, you know, um, fans and friends and, and everybody around them. That moment was spoiled a bit because the bracket leaked early via Twitter. NCAA is going to look into it, probably find nothing. And, you know, at this point, you kind of have to treat it like it's almost like WWE results. You, you got to, you know, change them at the last minute. There's no way you're going to just anything is safe in this world. There's just no way everything's going to leak. So that was a big, you know, big deal. Complaints, such and such. Some some teams didn't make it. They felt like they were a bias against them. Um, Monmouth was a school that a lot of people thought should have made it. They got snubbed. And let's be honest, the only reason why people want to see Monmouth is because of their bench. The bench has the most creative, you know, like celebrations and and things that has everybody paying attention to them. Other than that, Monmouth wasn't really that good. Let's, let's be honest, Monmouth was not that good. I look at a different team and, you know, I look at teams that got, in my opinion, screwed in, in terms of their ranking. I thought Michigan State was the number one. I, I really didn't feel that Oregon should have been the number one. I know a lot of people say, oh, Oregon deserves this. The first time in school history and such. I, I'm not buying it. I, I just don't see why you give Oregon a number one seed. And do you have Michigan State who plays a tougher schedule? They have, they have honestly, a better team just all around the way they're set up. And I look at why, why, why would you not make them a number one seed? They won the conference tournament. They play tougher teams. It just doesn't make sense. But uh, I do want to go back to uh, today's games. We have the play-in games. You know, who's going to be the 16th seed? That's what everybody's wondering in the world. Who's going to be the 16th seed? Who's going to be the 11th seed? So we have uh, Vanderbilt versus Wichita State, which is the late game. That's kind of like the, the main event game, if you want to call it that. That's the battle to see who's going to be the number 11 seed. That'll be on True TV. Uh, Vanderbilt, Wichita State. Vanderbilt is one of those teams which a lot of people had high hopes for heading into the uh, NCAA uh, season. They fell off early. They started picking it up a little bit late. I'm not really sold on them even beating Wichita State, which has always been good every single year, even back to like the Clee Anthony early year where they uh, almost went undefeated, but realized, hey, we're Wichita State and we're playing in a conference no one's heard of. So automatically we're going to face bad teams and we're the only powerhouse there and they were 24 and 8 so they're going to be in that matchup and then you have the early, the earlier one which is the 16th seed which I feel like it's still got to be the most I don't know uh, unimportant game of the entire tournament Florida Gulf Coast versus Farley Dickinson battling for that coveted number 16 seed to face the number one seed in the next round I, I know nothing about either one of these teams, but I can tell you that they're not winning in the next round. So this is the only time to enjoy them. This is probably good for the fans. It's the playing game. It's really what it's all about. Let's get people excited about Farley Dickinson at Florida Gulf Coast because it's their only time on prime time to really enjoy anything. So how about that? Very next day, um, tomorrow, we have Holy Cross. And I think a lot of people that are Holy Cross fans are going to be excited about this. Even though Holy Cross at 14 and 19, 14 and 19, <laughs> made the tournament because of the automatic bid rule 
where if you win your conference tournament, no matter what your record is, you automatically are in the NCAA tournament. They still have to play in in order to get to face the number one seed. But at 14 and 19, the Holy Cross Crusaders are taking on the Southern Jaguars at 22 and 12. And it's, it's one of those things where they could be a Cinderella Holy Cross. The fact that they won their conference tournament after being terrible the entire year means things are possible. That they could win this game and only this game. But once again, that is to be seen. The uh, following game is uh, Michigan. The Michigan Wolverines take on Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And I, I like Michigan. I thought that win they had against Indiana was pretty interesting. I, I felt like they had everything needed there in order to possibly win that tournament. Of course, they, you know, they ran into a buzzsaw in the next round. But I thought the committee was very nice with Michigan. Uh, they could have gone either way. You know, 22-12 and 12 in the Big Ten, it goes a long way. And automatically making them possible 11 seed just lets you know the power of the Big Ten right now. And uh, their win against Indiana had to it had to turn some heads because I don't think anybody picked them to win uh, win against Indiana, who were the number one seed in that tournament. And uh, it was a pretty exciting finish, a game winning shot. So that should be interesting to look forward to. In regards to just the tournament itself, I mean, I look at every team that's playing. Only certain teams you know are automatic wins in the first round. I, I, I see the number one seeds breezing by whoever they face. It's always that, that coveted six, like number six seed, number seven seed, number eight seed. That matchup always seems to get people interested. Like that's like the main, you know, what happens during that, when that happens. I, I'm very, I'm very curious. It's going to be curious to see who, what team is going to get hot. I like UConn a lot. A lot of people didn't pick them. They had that huge, huge tournament run. In, and I, I keep this another one of those new conferences that they moved to. The American Athletic Conference something. That's what they won. They're no longer in the Big East. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they still in the Big East? No, they're not in the Big East. They're in this other conference no one's heard of. They got hot at the right time. They won this, this pretty much insane game in quadruple overtime. And when I mean insane, they were down by three points with eight tenths of a second, no timeouts, having to end the ball, inbound the ball from the other side of the court. And the guy just throws up a prayer and banks it in to send it to a quadruple overtime. They shouldn't even be here. If they lose that game, they don't have enough wins to, to qualify. It's, it's literally like every year, this is what March Madness is all about. You see teams like that and you're saying, you know what? This is what's going to take them to that next level. And you're probably looking at me like I'm crazy, but this has happened before. I'm talking back to when Kimball Walker was on the team. And this is like seven, six or seven years ago. And they got hot when they were in the Big East. They won the Big East tournament and ended up making it all the way to the Final Four. Or Shabazz Napier, his team, about two, two or three years ago, they got hot at the right time. And they won the whole thing. It can happen. I don't, I never count out any, any team in regards to that situation. I just feel like everybody has to watch this, has to have, you, you're going to have your team. Like everybody's going to root for whether it's Duke, whether it's North Carolina and such, you're going to have your team. Also today on the show, besides me just, you know, I could go on all day about college basketball just because that's the hottest thing out right now. We're going to talk about the NBA. 
Yeah, the NBA, the Knicks are still actually playing basketball. Not good basketball, but they're playing. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are playing their way into a nice lottery pick. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're playing Boston into a nice lottery pick because that's one of the million different trades they made to get uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett that they owe Boston lottery picks until like 2019. It's a good job there, uh, Brooklyn Nets management. So that team has got a whole lot of issues. They're going to be bad for a while. Um, also, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they're going to be taking on the, the Spurs uh, next week. That's going to be the game. I'm talking about that's going to be the game right there. I feel like San Antonio kind of gave they gave Golden State a pass the last time they played. Golden State beat them kind of handily in, you know, at home. And I feel like being in San Antonio will will change things a little bit. I think it'll give them a little bit more of an edge. San Antonio is just a class organization. Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is an MVP candidate. I know there's a lot of people that don't agree with me in regards to that. But he's an MVP candidate. Period. There's just no way around it. We're also going to talk about, and this actually kind of just sprung, like, you know, out of nowhere. I'm in my group chat for Keeping It Real Sports. And a couple of the guys start bringing up their top five wrestlers of all time. I'm a big wrestling head, just in case anybody was wondering. So I gave my list. I'm going to go through that as well. We're going to have a nice little little round table about who we feel like is our top, you know, wrestler of all time. Going to have everybody chime in. The hotline number 516-900-2278. Once again, that is 516-900-2278. So it's going to be, like I said, I heard people say The Rock should be in the top five. How do you have The Rock in the top five? Do you even watch wrestling to have The Rock in the top five? That's that's sad. You just don't you, you you just don't watch basketball enough to know something like that. It, it's it's terrible. But hey, it is what it is. What I'm gonna do right now is uh go into a little bit of a music. When we come right back, definitely gonna take some calls. Once again, that number. Is 516-900-2278. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Once again, at me as at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. At Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. This is Sports Social. We're just starting things off. Come on, you cheerleader. Basketball Jones. 
money. Didn't owe me money and didn't piss in the bed. And after the game, I always took a shower with my basketball. Every now and then the basketball would pinch my butt, but I didn't mind. Cause me and my basketball had good, clean fun. See, I am a victim of a basketball Jones. I take my basketball everywhere. I even put my basketball under the pillow. Maybe that's why.
always nice to hear a little classic, what was it, Barry White and Chris Rock basketball Jones from the infamous Space Jam soundtrack. So that's still one of my favorites of all time. I'm probably going to play some more hits from that just because, you know, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't care if I was a kid watching it. I don't care if it was a kid's movie. It's iconic. Space Jam. 20 years since Space Jam came out. All the way in 1996. That, if that don't make you feel old, if you're from my, you know, my generation, that, that automatically is like the opening of, hey, you're old. Bottom line, you know, Space Jam came out 20 years ago. Once again, that number is 516-900-2278. This is Sports Social. I'm Ed Easton. And I was going off in my rant about just, you know, the NCAA and all the different things. And already I got some text messages. I had someone hit me up and say that Monmouth, you know, I, I shouldn't be bashing Monmouth, apparently. That's not cool. So it's, it's always an interesting thing. It looks like we have a caller on the air. Caller, Yo, who's this? Lincoln. Oh, we got Lincoln here. How you doing, sir? Good, man. Good. Good, good. So, obviously, uh, me and you, we were talking earlier today. And mm-hmm. I, first I want to make sure, I don't know if you want to chime in on this whole uh, college basketball, you know, with the tournament and everything. If you had your thoughts on Duke, you know, being as bad as they are. Okay, they're not that bad. but um, He's a Duke fan, you know, by the way. The homer in me, now the homer in me, you know, would love to have them go towards the Final Four. But sadly, to reveal my bracket shortly, because I don't want to reveal too much of my secrets, I have them passing just a second round and then losing to Oregon. I, I honestly, I, I know they're not going that far. Sweet 16 is just a thing if they do make it that far, but if they face any team with rebounding, they're going to lose unless they have Grayson Allen and Ingram just going off every single game and Matt Jones hitting every three possible. Is that going to happen? Most likely not. Can it happen? It's the March Madness. It can, but I highly doubt it. But I still have faith in my team. Well, you see, that's good. Someone has to have faith in them because... Yeah, yeah you know. Okay. Listen, like, you I'm going gonna, gonna to take my bias out of it. I'm a North Carolina fan, so obviously I give you... A, you know, this is a great year to just make fun of you guys. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, unless you win the championship, then it's still, you know, the point is mute. Well... The point is mute. Very possible, but um, since I have you on, uh, NBA mm-hmm. also, I, I did make a mention of this. You know, the different things going on, obviously, with the Golden State Warriors, the big matchup against San Antonio... You're such a big mm-hmm. NBA guy. I don't know if you follow him on uh, Twitter, at MadLinks. Mm-hmm. He is always tweeting about the NBA. What are your thoughts this matchup? Do you feel like San Antonio is the better team or Golden State still the better team, regardless of that um, first meeting? Honestly, I think that Pop's first time when he faced them, which was a month ago. I, I'm i not going to say that it was a warm-up game for him because that first game they played a lot of big-to-big action with Tim Duncan, David West, um, and Marcus Aldridge. But I believe in this game, I think he's going to go smaller and faster, especially with the newly acquired um, Andre Miller and Kevin Martin, who's been seeing minutes over the past week. So I don't think you're going to see less David West and I see more of guard play during this matchup. So with that in mind, I'm not going to say San Antonio is going to win. But I will say it's going to be a very, very close game, not how it was last month. I will say that. I will give it the score of 109 to 104 and that's just because the last 
four minutes might be a little crazy in how it goes to fouling, stuff like that. But that's just my personal opinion. Okay, because uh, I still feel like the matchups, you know, it's such a big deal. And well, they did two well, very— if you, to the point, if you go to the point of uh, Andre Iguodala, it's not there anymore. He's out for two weeks. Right. So that's a missing piece. You know, um, of course, everyone now in the Bay loves most Bates and how his encouraged play has been going on for the past two, three weeks. But will it match up to the bigs such as Lamarcus Aldridge and, Kim, and Tim Duncan? So people have to notice that they don't have a full team. Harrison Barnes hasn't played anywhere near the level he's been playing in the first two months after he came back from injury and after the All-Star game. So you have to look at these little things that Draymond is not playing as high intensity as he did earlier. So it's really just clay. Steph, go off, they win. If one doesn't go off, they lose, especially to the Spurs. Especially recently, their turnovers has been off the charts. So you can't do that against the Spurs team at all. Okay, once again, we got Lincoln Ricketts on the line. He is basically the uh, sports guy for KeepingItRealSports.com. And now, I, I need to, a basketball guy, I should say. Now, here's my thing. Mm-hmm. You also um, are very big when it comes to the draft and certain teams going to certain places. I was talking mm-hmm. earlier about Ben Simmons and mm-hmm. his whole situation, basically the whole LSU debacle. Does that hurt his draft stock? Does that hurt? Let's, can you add more to the flame? He's about to sign with Rich Paul. No one in the NBA, <laughs> in teams-wise, likes Rich Paul. Okay, he may be the first rookie holder on a rookie-scale contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know. See, the thing is, Ben Simmons, like, we were talking about it earlier, you know, in our own personal conversation. Mm-hmm. He really cannot shoot. I mean, you can learn how to shoot. I, I thought Wiggins couldn't, couldn't shoot until he got towards the tournament and he started making shots in the perimeter. You're like, okay, that might translate into the NBA, as we've seen in the past two years. Right. Ben Simmons is just like, it's paint or nothing. And I don't want to call him, <laughs> like, a, a perimeter DeAndre Jordan, but right now it's looking like that. And but the thing is, his talent can go above what our opinions of him. People are calling him the next LeBron when he first came in. You know, we all seen that LSU, see him the dunking. Now they're calling him the next Michael Beasley, the next Evan Turner. You know, and I don't think that's his ceiling. I think that, you know, if you're Michael Beasley with a the right mind, you're actually a good player. And I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. I mean, first draft pick. I think it should be Ingram or Buddy Hill, who I've been, you know that I've been, mm-hmm. you know, loving so far throughout the whole year. And I think Sim is going to go maybe second, maybe third. And it, I think it does for him how his play doesn't match up to the academics, doesn't no. match up to, you know, him thinking he's already a professional. Uh, I, I, thought I, it was, I don't know too much about that. It was honestly one of those situations just watching the way the LSU uh, debacle happened, obviously with mm-hmm. his whole academic thing came out as well it just seemed like all the things you could do wrong if you played uh, nba 2k and you were coming <laughs> up it's like like let's say let's do everything wrong you're already the projected number one pick let's make it worse you know it's almost like throwing the uh the game that you had to play in order to get drafted so mm-hmm, yeah i uh, agree fully i mean i really don't understand why i mean you know already said i said yo get some girls to do your homework for you at least <laughs> do something bro <laughs> Because you have leeway to do anything you want to go into the league. You can have anybody, not just girls, like anybody do your homework. And the fact that he let that be negligent, it means he doesn't have good <laughs> friends and he doesn't have a good support system. Because uh, I would have been the first one. I'm his <laughs> uncle, father, guardian. I didn't 
for him. It doesn't matter. I make sure this kid will be number one pick. But this whole debacle with the LSU and him and academics, him getting signed by Rich Paul already, not getting signed already, but already projected to, and you all see what happened with Tristan Thompson. You know, being held out for $80 million for, for a guy who is a good player in the NBA, but $80 million, that's ski mask way. And he's going to see that <laughs> with Ben Simmons. And I wish, I don't hope any bad thing for the kid. Let me start out there. I hope him for the best. I hope him have a long NBA career. But as we're seeing from the, the hourglass, from our mind's eye, I don't know if he's going to have a good start. Not just playing wise, just overall in the NBA. All right. Now, before I let you go, I, w- I just would also point out just two things. Number one, we don't promote, you know, other people doing homework for other people. Oh, yeah, no, we don't no, we don't promote no, those no, things, no, you know. No, no, we don't. Not at all. No, we don't. No, no, not allowed. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the second thing, Ski Mask Wave, people are, you know, not familiar. That okay. means when you're basically stealing from the, you know, from the organization, you're, you're basically mm-hmm. saying you're, you're worth more than you actually are. You know, mm-hmm. certain players have done that in the past where they've just taken way more money, like Matt Flynn, if you want to talk about that in the NFL, ski mask way mm-hmm. contract. So that's what you mean by that. So I had to give a little definition to your uh, your terms there. You know, you got you to name the good names, like, you know, the recently Brock Osweiler. <laughs> oh, he yeah. He came through, pulled the mask down, and got his money. <laughs> you know, uh, you got, even though I like Chris Middleton, he's getting paid $80 million, where Des yeah. Bryant is getting paid seventy. You know, so hey, more power to you if you pull the ski mask down. You go into the <laughs> office with your agent and you get thirty more million dollars that you're worth. I have no problem with that. Okay, now last thing, we were talking earlier for some reason about the uh, WWE and just wrestling in general. Top five wrestlers of all time. Now, yeah. can you please share your list? I know the list already, but can you please share it my, for the audience? I, I believe I don't have it funny, but I'm just trying to go off my head. Mine was Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, and I believe ah the fifth person. I, I mean, I want to say Sting now, but I feel like he was sixth. I think I'm missing a person. But, yeah, that was my top five. But the thing I know that got you pretty upset was oh, yeah. my number ten was I said it was a toss-up between Randy Orton and Bret Hart. I don't know how it's a toss-up between Randy Orton and Bret Hart. but I told you, man, the last thing I said, yo, his – his technical rec- wrestling skills, his ability to command the crowd with his presence. He has a top 10 finisher. He took a finisher that was already, you know, somewhat popularized, and he took it and made it more vicious, and people loved it, and he just transformed it. And not only that, he walked the line of heel face, and no one gave him any backlash for it. People loved him for that. Like I called him, I called him the Venom. He's the anti-hero that everyone wanted. So that's why I put him up there. Well, I had him in my top 20. I didn't have him top 10 for the simple fact Yo, man, that... Did he take a picture with Migos? Did he have an RKO <laughs> out of nowhere meme and GIF and Vine going I, around the whole country? I like how the, the standard... The I like saying. I like how the uh, the high standard is taking a picture with Migos. I, I didn't know that, Yo, man, that would hey, be something. Hey, hey, when you're accepted through all cultures, <laughs> not just, you know, not just wrestling culture, but also the rap culture as well, come on, man. You know you made it. <laughs> okay, that's... That's what it's all about. Uh, Lincoln, thank you for uh, chiming in, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, man. Continue listening, man. All right, cool. Thanks. Oh, man. Yeah, guys, is you know, like, listen, I think I'm a big wrestling fan. I'm not going to throw Randy Orton in my top 
he's just not in my top ten. There's just no way that's happening. I, I can't do it. I understand Lynx is a big fan of him, and most people are. He got popular after a while, but the guy's always injured, and I I think he's great, but just not that great. I'm not putting him over Bret Hart. I'm not doing that. That's crazy, you know. But like I said, that's just wrestling talk. Little things like that. You know, he brought some great points about Ben Simmons, and uh, once again, I don't promote, you know, the whole doing the homework for him. We're not going to say that on this show, but hey. It's an option. Just saying that. It was something that you could have thought of. But uh, LSU releasing his academic records was was really a, a dirty move also. Just that whole marriage. It, it shouldn't have happened. He should, not, he should have never went to LSU. Said that earlier. And I will continue to echo that. But hey. That's what it's all about. He did that to himself. The Duke Blue Devils... Very interesting season. This was like the first time at one point they were not ranked during the season. Which is very different for a uh, a Coach K, you know, team. That organization, that school, I should say, has had so much class for so long. They've been just, you know, the cream of the crop, if you want to say that. I, I don't know any other metaphor or or something to compare it to, but they've just always been a top team in college basketball. They're still a good team. They're just not that good anymore. Finally, a lot of those top recruits are going to North Carolina. They're taking that trip over over there, and it's about time. Because at one point, people were saying maybe Duke is the better school than North Carolina. And as me being a huge North Carolina fan, I hated hearing that. I just can't see, I can't see that happening over the next couple of years. Duke is going to find some guy that's going to be this amazing scorer, amazing defender. They always find him. Coach K is recruiting right now as we speak while he's preparing for his first round game. It's it's just that's the way they work. I just I just can't see I can't see Duke becoming another one of those teams that fall off. Not when you have now, when you have that, you have a great player like that. I just don't see it. Just do not see it. Once again, still taking your calls. 516-900-2278. Besides the, uh, you know, most of the talk that we've been having about the Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs, the Knicks. Oh, the Knicks. Will Kurt Rambis remain the head coach? I've been hearing rumors that Phil Jackson will come back and coach. But if he comes back to coach, it's going to be only home games. That may sound weird to some people, but it's something that he wanted before. He just never got the opportunity to do it. And I think this is this is probably the best situation. Kurt Rambis, I have no problem with him being the road coach for the Knicks. I don't see an issue with that. As long as we get Phil Jackson for 41-plus games, I'm okay with that. As long as the team wins. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm desperate right now. We haven't we haven't really been successful on a consistent basis in a long time. And that's all I want. I just want, to, I just want some type of success. You know, is that too much to ask? So, if I'm, you know, if I'm the owner, I'm doling, I'm saying... Phil, you want to coach this team. And if Phil says no, then he says no. 
but you gotta give you gotta make a an, an effort there. You gotta say, hey, Phil, this spot open right there. I don't feel like bringing in you know Tom Thibodeau, even though Tom Thibodeau would be a great a great move. But if you have Phil Jackson just waiting in the wings right there in your organization already, why not ask him? I think it's worth it. I think it's worth just having him for home games, maybe a couple of Brooklyn Nets games, Philadelphia games, you know, because they're easy to travel. He doesn't like to travel. He's older. I get it. Kobe said when he saw him recently, and I think this was past Sunday, the Knicks beat the Lakers in a horrible game. Calderon hit the game winning shot. But that was like the, that was the small story. The bigger story was uh, Kobe was talking about Phil Jackson and how people need to respect his decisions. And he basically came to his defense talking about you're not going to find a better basketball mind out there than Phil Jackson. And I agree. I agree. I, I don't feel like there's anybody better right now. And I don't know if there's anybody else I would want as a GM unless it's Greg Popovich. And he ain't leaving San Antonio, so let's let's be honest there. I think when it comes to, you know, what Kobe was saying, and he also, you know, brought the fact that Phil looks the healthiest he's been in a long time because he doesn't have to travel, and that was a lot of wear and tear on him and everything like that. That's also another another quick sign, another indicator that maybe Phil would be, you know, interested in in coming back to coach a little bit. And once again, I am reaching. I am reaching as much as a Knicks fan can reach. If you're talking about us not having a really relevant team that was consistently going to the playoffs since the 1990s, you know, back to the the Ewing, Starks, Mason, rest in peace, you know, Oakley years, that's a lot of pain. We've we've been thrown out, you know, and I'm saying we because I'm a Knicks fan. It's so many bad players and bad contracts and just bad coaches, bad decisions thrown at us from the, you know, Stephon Marbury debacle, from the uh, Steve Francis experiment, Tracy McGrady experiment, Penny Hardaway experiment. All these guys past their prime, we're just bringing them in and paying them hefty contracts along the way. Larry Hughes we're bringing in. I could go on. Jerome Jordan. Jerome Jordan, we paid like he was the next coming of Patrick Ewing at one point. You know, it, the guy barely played, I think, 10 games the entire season. I, I just don't want to go back to that. I, I need, We need some type of upward swing. You know, like there has to be some type of consistency. Uh, you know, Eddie Curry, Zach Randolph for one year. It's like we had a different team almost every single season. We loved Raymond Felton at one point. Then we trade him. We got Raymond Felton back. We love him. We hate him. We got rid of him. It's just, you know, things like that. I I still don't understand that when it comes to the Knicks. We, we just can't stay the course. And now we're talking about, you know, trading Carmelo. I look at it this way. Carmelo is still a top player in this league, whether we like it or, you know, admit it or not. We may not be winning with him and being a top player. It's just that we don't have... There's no, there's no perfect person to put around him. I think Porzingis is great. I'm still on the fence about him being the all-time Hall of Fame player that everybody's already projecting him to be after 
half a great season. Let's be honest, his first half of the season was excellent. Second half so far has been, eh, at best. I, I just think you're putting a lot of hope there. You still need pieces, young pieces. Carmelo's 31 years old. You don't have many good years left. You're starting to see the breakdown with the knee. You sometimes can't play back-to-backs. When that stuff starts happening, then you know it's we're reaching that point where he starts to go from being a superstar to a star. And then from a star to just another player. It happens to the best of them. Now, do we trade him? That's always the biggest debate. You trade Carmelo Anthony, what do you get back for him? But yet, who will want him so bad? I don't think the same interest that was two years ago when he was a free agent will be around now. Like, you know, 29 years old to 31 years old after major knee surgery. I don't know. I don't know. I think Houston was going to give him like a boatload of money at one point. They were this close to getting him. So was Chicago. He decided to come back to New York because he believed in Phil Jackson. He believed in the process. That's what it was all about. It's, it's all about who do you believe will make the Knicks a better team. You give me an offer. I, I would love to hear people's opinions. Give me an offer of who do you trade for, like what team wants Carmelo Anthony and what can you get for him? And I don't want no, we're just throwing out random players. I want you to go to the draft machine and figure it out yourself and, and just come back to me if that makes sense. 516-900-2278. At Ed Easton Jr. is the Twitter. Just let me know. It's it's not as easy as it as we make it all sound to be. It's very difficult to trade a guy like Carmelo Anthony. He's not your normal superstar. A lot goes with it. Family, etc. Living. He could say no to any trade. Just saying. This is Sports Social, Soundcast FM. Change and do a type strange, make low maniacal monster in the game. 
and I got my eye on you. Dead shot aim as free throws keep coming down like rain. You feeling me? I'm feeling you. The monster bang. I'm telling you. Pass me the rock. Now I'm headed to the basket. Get up on my way. Is what you better do. My tactics is unsportsmanlike conduct. You better ask it. Don't get no better than it. You catch my drip. You get stripped by ball handlers ruled by swag hammer. Danger. You dealing with official hoop bangers with hang time like a coat hanger. Jump with thunderous 360 degree tight dunks. What up, Doctor Monster Funk? Uh, lightning strikes, the court lights get dim. Supreme competition is about to begin above the rim. Finessing it moves is animated. So once I get the ball in, I can't be deflated. A rugged part of my monsters is getting money. When clicks get the bugging, I'm snatching up their bunnies. Uh, every step I take shakes the ground. I make you break your ankle, son, shake you down. This is my planet. I'm about business. The best that ever done it. Can I get a witness? Uh, a cumulus cloud bring darkness up above. You in it for the money? Monstars theme song. How about that? Busta Rhymes, Coolio, LO Cool J, Methamran, Be Real. Like, it's, it doesn't get any better than that. Still on my Space Jam themes right now. So, 20th anniversary of Space Jam. Still gonna just keep playing them. It's okay. This is Sports Social. I'm at Easton. We're on Soundcast FM Monday through Thursday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So, uh, just try to keep that tuned in. And like I said, we talk about the, the stuff that really matters, stuff that's really trending, that people have their eyes on. And a lot of it I like to use is via Twitter. I like to see what's going on. I like to see what the big sports topic is. Because let's be honest, a lot of shows that are on right now, they don't really pay attention to what's trending and your your voice is actually being heard in regards to what's going on in sports, whether it's a, you know, a meme or or a gif that's out there, they'll find out about it maybe like two or three days late. I want to talk about things as it's happening. And there's plenty happening right now. I mean, we just we just broke down this whole situation with college basketball. 
Um, you know, we, we could talk about the Warriors to exhaustion, but I feel like everyone does that. We know about the record. Yes, they are. They are the fastest to hit 60 wins. We know. We know. They got a huge win last night. They beat the Pelicans 125-107, which last night was very interesting in regards to games. There was some huge blowouts and um, some surprising close games. One of the games that I was really following was uh, Phoenix versus Minnesota. The Suns won 107-104. Devin Booker hit a huge shot to uh, give the team a lead, followed by uh, Toledovic for Phoenix. And I looked at this Phoenix team, and I, and I, I say Devin Booker is definitely the future and going to be the main guy on that team. And I'm very curious to see how they're going to be with a healthy, a healthy Bledsoe and a healthy, you know, Booker in the backcourt together. I think Brandon Knight is gone. I just don't see Knight staying, and you know Devin Booker is the guy. I, I just can't I can't see that happening. I mean, the guy already has one of the nicest jump shots in the league. He's only 19 years old, and he can be a top shooting guard. I'm not going to compare him to, like, Klay Thompson. I don't know, I've heard some comparisons with that. I, I want to see what type of player he does mold out to be and, and if the Suns are going to invest in him and see what this draft pick is all about. If they, if they keep winning, it's not going to be a great draft pick. But I do, I do want to see, you know, we were just talking about Ben Simmons. Let's see if Ben Simmons slides to Phoenix. How good is Phoenix going to be next year then? I mean, they have a, a decent roster that they're just holding out because they want to lose games. But could you imagine, like, Ben Simmons joining the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker? And Eric Bledsoe, Tyson Chandler still your center? Has probably has another year or two left in him that's really good. It's not a bad team to have in the West. Something to think about. Uh, the Jazz knocking off Cleveland, ninety four to eighty five. LeBron James, you know, it's, it's typical LeBron James. He had a great game against the Clippers. Then you don't know where he's at. Kyrie Irving struggled, and so much so that after the game, he was shooting three-pointers, like, till about 11.30, you know, Utah time. And it was crazy, because he was he was just there by himself, just shooting threes. They couldn't fix, they couldn't break down the court, because he wanted to shoot extra shots after, after the loss. Now, I figured if you're at home, you could get away with that, but if you're on the road... And you tell, hey, jazz people, you know, personnel, don't break down the court yet. I feel like shooting some extra jump shots. I didn't, I didn't think you could get away with that. Call me old school, but I feel like, you know, Gordon Hayward or Ronnie Hood or somebody should came out and said, no, 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 court's closed. Go home. Like, something like that. But, you know, everybody's friends. The new NBA. Everybody's friends. So that's Okay. Jazz keep their playoff hopes alive, 94 to 85. Thunder on Russell Westbrook, who is just playing out of his mind right now. My goodness. Another triple-double. He had this triple-double, mind you, with seven minutes left in the third quarter. The guy is it's like a video game. I don't, I don't even think you can do this in a video game. I've tried. and It's not easy. 128 to 94, they beat a, a good Blazers team, which with Damian Lillard, who's playing, you know, like a man on a mission because he didn't make the All Star team. That's a decent win, but it's one of those things where it's Oklahoma City. 
They're such fool's gold. They are. You think they're gonna be good and you know they have the, the flashy Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, top five players, both on the same team. But yet they 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 lay eggs in the fourth quarter against San Antonio, against Golden State, against the Clippers. All top three teams in the West. How are you gonna make how are you gonna make the NBA finals if you can't beat the top teams? Yeah, you could beat the Trailblazers who you know, are, are trying to, to fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, you could beat the Timberwolves, the Suns. You could beat those teams, of course. You're supposed to. But those marquee games, the ones that they say, oh, we have to have Saturday night basketball on ABC. What a thought that they put you on the showcase and you don't get the job done. I think Billy Donovan's done a great job. I think he's a better coach than Scott Brooks already. But still, the, the problem remains in the fourth quarter, who gets the ball? Do you give it to the former MVP, Kevin Durant, in a contract year? Or do you give it to Russell Westbrook? It's it's always seems to be the, the same question. And I always wonder, how would it have been if Harden was still on the team? If James Harden was still on the team, who gets the basketball? They might be the only team where I see a fight break out on the court in the middle of the game amongst their own players. I don't know how they had an embarrassment of riches like that where they had all these these three young superstar players at one time. But still no title. And I'm going to base that possibly on the young part because they were very young when they made the finals that year. But it, it's it's curious. Like you got to be you have to be thinking to yourself like, man, they had Harden, Westbrook and Durant all young, all at the same time. And also Jeff Green. Everybody seems to forget they had Jeff Green as well. All at the same time. No titles. No titles in OKC. And they might lose the rent this offseason if they don't make the NBA Finals. It's going to be a tough road because uh, I don't see Golden State. And I don't see San Antonio being easy outs. I'm not too worried about the Clippers. I feel like the Clippers are, are too much of a head case. And they'll fight themselves before they can actually uh, go deep into the playoffs. That's, but that's just my opinion. And the other game, which I don't even want to consider a game, more of a scrimmage last night. The Rockets defeated the Grizzlies by 49 points. 130 to 81. I don't think people understand. A 49-point beatdown. And this is a professional basketball team. Now, granted, the Grizzlies are hurt. I get that. But 49 points? I mean, come on. You still got some players on this team. And you may not have Marcus Gasol playing. Zach Randolph not playing. I get that. This is your top guns. But you lose by 49 points? That just lets you know what the rest of the roster is about. That's that's one of those things. And the Rockets are another one of those teams where you don't know if they're going to be a playoff team, if they're even relevant enough. They got Josh Smith back, but, you know, is that really a win? Um, I, I look at them. You could tell Harden and, and Dwight Howard don't like each other. Dwight Howard is, is once again, bringing back another soap opera to his team. And I don't know where I'm going to go next year. He's already wants to test free agency. He's brought up he wants to go to the Knicks. 
And I'm saying this right now. Phil Jackson, do not sign Dwight Howard. Don't even have a meeting with him. Just don't. I'd rather stay with Robin Lopez, who I'm not a fan of, than go to Dwight Howard. Just doesn't make sense. Just is no, It just does not make sense. Don't do it. Horrible decision if we do that. I, I think Dwight Howard's one of those guys has all the talent, all the pers- you know, personality in the world, but just still can't get the basics down when it comes to being a good person and you know the humility and and just just doing basic stuff he doesn't know how to do. That was his problem in Orlando. That was his problem with LA. Kobe hated him. Kobe wanted to fight him. I I don't get it. Dwight Howard is always going to be a mystery to me. I hope he's not a Hall of Famer. He may have the numbers of a Hall of Famer, but his personality is just horrible. And I think fans have taken notice. That's why he doesn't get voted into All-Star games anymore. He's just not the guy. All that hope. Everybody loved him, too. In Orlando, when he got him to the finals, everybody loved him. And I don't know. He just fell apart from there. And that's, this type of, that's the type of things they have to uh, figure out if they're the Rockets. Where do you go from there? I think they, they are uh, windows closed. The owner, I feel like, is insane for firing Kevin McHale. After 13 games into the season, a year after, he brought you to the conference finals. What sense does that make? Keep hearing he's the king of analytics. Analytics. That's what what makes your decision great because of analytics. 13 games into the season, let's fire the head coach that got to the conference finals the year before. Way to go. Now you're battling to see if you can make the playoffs. It's, it's stuff like that that makes it hard to root for certain teams. And I couldn't be uh, – it's, it's almost like – I don't even have to say this. I'm a Knicks fan, and it's hard to be a Knicks fan with some of the moves they make. It has to be hard to be a Houston Rockets fan to know the moves that they make because none of it makes sense. I, I've never heard of any of the things they've done. I want to take a quick look at the uh, Eastern Conference standings. Cleveland, of course, at number one. You got Toronto, number two, Boston, three. And it's when you want to say Boston, three, that's a very light three because only four games separate the three seed from the seven seed, Indiana. You got Miami, Atlanta, and Charlotte all bunched up in there. Chicago's the number eight seed for now, but they've been flip-flopping with Detroit. Washington... You know, after their big win last night, they're they're still in it somewhat. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't hold my breath. Thirty-one to thirty-five. They're they're on the outside. Milwaukee out there, Orlando and the Knicks, and that's the bottom of the East. Western Conference. We already talked about Golden State, San Antonio. They've already clinched the divisions. Oklahoma City is currently the number three seed. Clippers, Grizzlies, Trailblazers, Rockets, and Dallas. They're all like bunched in six through nine are three games apart. So there's no real clear cut, you know, that's the team right now. And especially with the, we're, we're heading in the late March. A lot of movement can happen. I can see Dallas securing that number eight slot. I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in Utah. 
Houston's going to get in just because everyone else is horrible. Denver's not getting in. Sacramento's not getting in. Sacramento is just a mess. Rajon Rondo's going to be a, a free agent again. Boogie Cousins is going to ask for a trade probably because he hates George Carl and Vlade Divas is doing a terrible job as a GM. That sums up the Sacramento Kings. That's just a, is a mess. New Orleans, you know, the, the injuries have just killed them. Eric Gordon out for the rest of the year. Uh, you, you're never going to have Anthony Davis healthy for 82 games. I just think it's never going to happen. The guys, you know, because he should be a top five player right now, but because of injuries and inconsistent play around him, the team is 24 and 42 after being the AC last year. Took a, a bunch of steps back. Never thought they should have fired Monty Williams, but they thought going to Alvin Gentry, which I still don't get, go to Alvin Gentry, who's supposed to be better than Monty Williams. That was a step backwards. And, of course, Minnesota's still young, even though Kevin Garnett, who is out for the rest of the season, may still play next year. Hasn't announced if he's going to retire, hasn't said anything. He may play next year for a 22nd season. 22 years of Kevin Garnett yelling at people on the court and starting fights that he won't finish. That's a lot of non-fights, man. Just a lot going on there. Once again, the number is 516-900-2278. At Ed Easton Jr. is the Twitter. Just chime in and give your thoughts on what's going on. And I've been sticking with this, you know, this, this Space Jam theme. Just going through different songs off the album. And I still consider it to be a classic. 20 years since the movie, Michael Jordan. They were talking about there's going to be a sequel. I haven't seen anything about it lately. And they were talking about LeBron James is going to be in the sequel. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just throwing things out there. But uh, we'll be right back. This is Sports Social. Soundcast FM. Welcome to the Space Jam. Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. Come on and slam. And welcome to the jam. Come on and slam. If you want to jam.
And we're back. Sports Socials at Easton. Soundcast FM. Hey, the Quad City DJs, you can't have a Space Jam-themed show without the Quad City DJs version of Space Jam, so you just can't have it. Interesting stuff. Once again, we're taking your calls, 516-900-2278. Interesting things, you know. Very interesting things going on. I'm a... I was, we were talking earlier about our top wrestlers of all time. This is probably a good time to actually reveal my list. And this is, like, once again, this is up for debate. Everybody's going to have their opinions. I'm just going to give how I feel about it. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a call regarding my choices and who did I leave out. It, this is what it's all about. You're going to have debates. So you're going to have criticism regarding it, you know? So we're going to see. So what I'm going to do actually right now is give you my top 15. Yeah, you heard me. Top 15. Number 15, I got Eddie Guerrero. 14, Chris Jericho. 13, Andre the Giant. 11, John Cena. Oh, I say 12, I said Bret Hart. I'm sorry, 12, Bret Hart, 11, John Cena. All right, I know some people are like, John Cena at 11? How's that even possible? But once again, this is my list. Number 10, The Rock. Number 9, The Ultimate Warrior. Number 8, The Macho Man. Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah, all of that. Number seven, Triple H. Number six, Sting, going into the Hall of Fame this year. And then we get into the infamous top five. Number five, I got Shawn Michaels. HBK, the Heartbreak Kid. Number four, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number three, Hulk Hogan. Racism or not. Number two, The Undertaker. I mean, it's The Undertaker. Come on. And number one, The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. That's my top 15 wrestlers of all time. And I know there's going to be plenty of debate on it. And I'm ready for it. This is my list. I, I can't help it, you know? We heard about... Lincoln earlier saying who he felt was in his top list. He's talking about Randy Orton and such. Randy Orton's probably top 20 for me. And top 20, that's it. But we have a caller on the line who's going to think otherwise to my list. And <laughs> I got to laugh at your list. This this is Dr. Black. He is a... I have uh, to laugh at your list, brother. He does, he does a podcast on Keeping It Real Sports called The Doctors of Wrestling. He is a huge wrestling guy. Yes, yes. Yes, I am. So uh, you heard my list, my top 15. Yes, I did. Uh, first off, Eddie Guerrero, 15. You know what? I, I debated about that for a while just because I feel like Eddie Guerrero, for what he did a lot, he did a lot of WCW. He also fought he a lot over a lot, the world. Period. You thought he should have been higher? First of all, there's two names that I feel that got snubbed who deserve to be on your list. 
and that's CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Well, I, I had my reservations about those two. I I personally probably would have taken uh whew, there's a couple of names on that list. I'm just like Andre, I see why you have him. Uh Austin I don't he was kinda low for me. I had him at number four. Still kinda low for me. Well, you think he should have been top three? Yeah. Wow. He we forgot. He basically led the attitude there, dog. He he's the one who him and DX literally kicked off the attitude there. But you don't think it's fair to at least say he's a top five wrestler? I mean, top three, because I look at it from impact also. I can't, because if you had to measure it by championships, then Cena would be like two. Exactly, and I didn't do that. So you have to look at it by impact, championships, the whole resume, like the entire like shebang thing. Flair, I understand as one because I would even go with Flair at one. Taker at two, I also agree because I think Flair he's done it everywhere. Flair has won everywhere. Flair <laughs> has won everything. <laughs> Let's be honest. Where has everything. he not won? You know, like he's been to every. He's wrestled everywhere on the planet. <laughs> he's wrestled in Antarctica. He's wrestled. He's wrestled <laughs> on the North Pole. He's done it all, and he's done it with class. In style, exactly. And every it, it's funny because, and he's one of those names that people that don't even know wrestling know who Ric Flair is. Of course, you know what I mean. That's to me. That's what made a big impact for me. Yeah, he 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 is he. See, it's kind of hard to say who's the goat in wrestling. It is. But it's kind of hard not to see him as like the goat. Like there's no, like, you can't say there's a true goat in football. Like, you could say there's a goat in basketball, maybe baseball, but you can't really say there's a goat in Like, it's hard to say there's a goat in wrestling, but he might be that guy. Because you can argue Shawn Michaels. You can argue The Undertaker. You can argue as Flair. You can even argue Hulk Hogan. But it's, like, Certain guys, like those guys, they all had different impacts. Like, Undertaker's probably the greatest big man of all time. Shawn Michaels, like, revolutionized what it is to be, I guess, I don't want to call it a small guy, but I guess a small guy, a high flyer. But also Ricky Steamboat did that as well. Like, you have so many guys. That's why I'm saying, like, guys like Steamboat. Another guy that has left off your list, Steamboat. You know, I thought about Steamboat. You know, who, here's some guys that, that really gave me a problem. Like, I'm, I'm going to switch out to a top 20, obviously. There was, mm-hmm. now, these are the question mark guys. This is my opinion. Steamboat. I have him as one of my question marks. Snooker is another question, question mark. mark. Snooker, yeah. I, I wouldn't put Snooker. Yeah. Snooker's like top 25. That's what I was thinking. But Snooker, Snooker isn't like top 20. Like, I, I would say that. Like, the highest spot would be like off the cage. That's, oh no, I, and that's what I agree. Madison Square Garden off the cage, like, I, you know who I would? And I might get a little heat for this. I would actually put Mick Foley in the top twenty. I thought about Mick Foley too, but you know, they, you know what? You know what's hard about them? A lot of it is the wrestling. I, I look into the wrestling. I also look into the impact, and I try he to match him up. Hardcore wrestling. He did. Him and Terry Funk really. No, he did. Like, I agree. Yeah. Him and Terry Funk, like, made hardcore wrestling what it is. Like, 
they really, really, I mean, the man literally lost an air in a match because a bomb went off in a match and literally lost a piece of his air. <laughs> this man has taken, took the ultimate bump of bumps by getting thrown off of a hell in a cell and thrown through, through an announce table and thrown through the hell in a cell on the floor. Exactly. In the same match. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was in his nose. Yeah. <laughs> what this guy did to his body to entertain us, the fans. He, that's why I put him, I would put him on a list. Because he literally, as they say, what's the term? They give, it, give it your all? He literally gave it his all. He gave us his body. And then he gave Dean Ambrose Barbie. So. Yeah, he did. I saw that. Now, that's so, actually a good segue into uh, what I was going to bring up. How was Monday Night Raw, in your opinion, last night? Um, it was uh, it was solid. I mean, I can't. I don't want to say it could have been better because it was solid. Uh, for the fact that New Day got the crap kicked out of them, he definitely did. Uh, it was a good promo for WrestleMania. I, I don't know. That I wish Brock and Dean did get physical though. I kind of wish they did get physical. Yeah, I thought it was, they left a lot to be done there. I mean, I understand you can only do but so much with that. And he just got mm-hmm. off a match with Triple H after fighting every other event. Yeah. I mean, like, let's actually, let's let's take a step back to Roadblock. And I have my, it, it was a house show. We got also, we got a lot of people know. Dude, no, I don't care how you put it. They they try to make it on Raw like his foot wasn't under the rope. Like, his foot. If his foot was under that rope, it was an inch. Yeah. Because from the angle that they first showed it live, it didn't look like it. Then on Raw, they pulled out the red line, blah, 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 blah. So maybe, I'll say a 10% chance his foot was under the rope, legitimately. I thought it was great, the fact that there was controversy regarding it. Yeah. But it, it, it didn't look like it, like, at all. He He... He beat him. I, I legitimately think he beat him. Like, everybody in Toronto th- thought he beat him. I thought he beat him. Everybody in the home thought he beat him legitimately. I thought literally Ambrose got screwed because they botched the finish. They did. And that's how I'm, I'm, I'm calling it. They, they botched the finish. But they, they, I feel like they made up for it. It, it wasn't a sloppy, like, oh, man, we got to figure out a way to end this. Yeah, they, they said he slid into the ring and caught a pedigree. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's basically what you do, and I, I feel like they worked it very well. Um, yeah. the, the event itself, was, you know, was pretty boring. I, I did like the NXT tag match. Son, this is what you get. This, NXT is wow. And, and when they come to Dallas on uh, April first, I guarantee you that's going to steal WrestleMania weekend. And it's it's very possible they will. WrestleMania, and now WrestleMania just lost one of their high flyers. Neville. What happened? He injured his uh supposedly he has a stress fracture in his ankle. A fracture in his ankle now. Well, I'm not surprised. Last, that. Night, last night during the match with Jericho, he went de- like he slid uh, he did like a baseball slide. He slid and it looks like his foot got caught underneath him. Because mm-hmm. you can literally hear the whole conversation in the ring between him and Jericho and Jericho and Charles Robinson. Oh, to get him Literally disqualified saying, to end the match early, right? Yeah, that's why he de- yeah, that, that's why he pushed him so he can get DQ'd on purpose. Because he, 
Neville was legitimately hurt. But can like, we can we also give credit to Jericho for being a professional and know how to carry it to make yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, he, he knew the guy was injured. And yeah. I've seen in other matches where the guys didn't didn't know what to do, and yeah. he knew how to carry it off because I didn't know really if it was true or not until you you brought it up. He and, said he, he you heard him. Jericho asked him, "You hurt?" He's like, "Neville's like I'm fine." He's like, "No, you're hurt." Like. And then he goes to the he goes to Charles Robinson. He talks to Charles Robinson. He's hurt, and then he proceeds to actually after he gets DQ'd, he actually cursed Charles Robinson out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, in order to make it to make him look more DQ-ish, like no. And then I guess he just caught. And then I think he just cut like the impromptu promo. Because, it was impromptu, yeah. Yeah, because that I guess maybe I felt like Styles coming out. I feel like Styles well, was supposed to screw him in a match. Maybe that's what I think was supposed to happen. Like, Raw, Raw had a couple of moments last night that you can hear, like, the cameras are too good because I heard Triple H yell out super kick. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I did hear that, too. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was going to tweet that, and I'm like, well, he, he definitely named the spot. He just, they were just calling Nicole, spots out. He had a spot to the ring. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, are you, like, not catching on to this? Like, but everybody listen, this, is, this is how you can tell we are we are wrestling nerds and, and the fact that we can hear the spots same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is how you can tell. We, wa- we watch this a lot. But uh, I, knew, I knew something was wrong with that. I'm like, okay, why can I hear him say, you know, super kick, like spot? I, I heard him say it. <laughs> and, then he, and then you just see Dolph pop up. Yeah. Big super kick. I'm like, bruh. It was, <laughs> it was funny. It was like the ca- you know the cameras were close, but the microphone was way too uh, too close. The, microphone, the microphones on those cameras are way too good. They were way too good, man. Cause they caught that spot quickly, man. I, I wow. Um, Unless Triple H was literally yelling nah, super kick. I, I can't see Triple H yelling super because he's been doing he's been so good for so long. I, I, I can see Ziggler yelling it. But, I actually I've heard this is not the first time I heard Triple H though. Hmm. Remember when he was getting beat up by Roman Reigns? Yeah. He kept telling Roman Reigns more, more, more. Like <laughs> when he was hitting him. I think he was hitting him with a chair or something. He's like, more, more. And I was like, can we, can before, we... Royal Rumble, before the Royal Rumble, obviously. But yeah. yeah. But I thought that it was funny with the uh, the TV when, he, when Roman Reigns hit him with it. I don't know if that was planned because it just seemed so awkward when he did it. It was like, <laughs> it was like should I hit him with the TV or not? And I don't think Triple H was really ready for that. Yeah, That's what made it funny, because he took that no. TV shot. <laughs> I, I had to go on Twitter and joke, like, because when Triple H is getting counted to the announce table, I was like, Byron Saxon, where's the blood? <laughs> <laughs> right? You got you to gotta call for it, man. You got to – that's what I he had. It out. I was like, Byron, where's the blood? Because that's, that's how they sold the Triple H injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but the thing is, I don't even know if Triple H – I think Triple H might have legitimately been busted open when he uh, threw that – Container at his head, though. I think so too. But at the same time, it's you, you know it's wrestle. It's it's the hype for WrestleMania. You got to do whatever you can to promo. You only have what so many weeks, so yeah. it's it's gonna be interesting. I do like what they're doing in regards to. I, I can't see them ending the night off with Roman Reigns versus Triple H. They have to end it off with Undertaker versus Shane versus uh, Shane McMahon because that's a bigger uh, story. It it, it 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 should end that way. But it probably won't end that way. I mean, it's hell in a cell. Yeah, but you remember, Undertaker Triple H didn't end the show when they had their hell in a cell. Well, that's only that because they the had show. The Rock and uh, Cena, right? Was that the same Cena, year? Cena, I think, I think that was the same year. Okay, well. But 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That should end the show. But the thing is, the only way I think it should end the show is if somebody that is unexpected, and I do mean unexpected, uh, comes out and screws Taker in behalf of Shane McMahon. Hmm. Like, that would make it, because then it will lead to that next Monday Night Raw being, like, well worth watching. And then somebody from NXT is going to be debuting. Well, more than likely. Samoa Joe. Yeah, supposedly it's the Bullet Club or and or Samoa Joe. I think it's got to be Samoa Joe first. Uh, I, he's been ready, but, it, you know, it, it held him back when he broke what's the name's neck. When he broke... Uh, yeah, Tyson Kidd. Because, you know, it, that messed him up. Because I felt like he was going to be up earlier. Well, yeah. But they needed somebody... I mean, let's be real. All the guys that they have at NXT were very, very successful independent guys. And I'm talking about the top guys. Uh, uh, Helio. I was just going to use their real, their their uh, indie names. Kenta, uh, Apollo Crews, a.k.a. Yuha Nation. Obviously, everybody knows Joe. Prince DeVitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor. Yeah. All these guys had success in the indies. Every, everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows them if you watch wrestling and you watch the independents. They had very good success. The thing, so now a guy like Joe, who is a very, he's a, who's a basically an established veteran, who you know can go to the main roster, no problem, just like a AJ Styles did. They needed some kind of star power to go along with, I guess, uh, Finn Balor. So keeping him down there for the long term actually doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt him, and it doesn't hurt the brand, and it doesn't hurt the main roster. Him going up to the main roster with, say, no feud intact might be a bad idea. You see what happened to Tyler Breeze. Right. Tyler Breeze is very talented. He he wrestled against Jushin Thunder Liger. He's he had very, very good quality matches. But I don't think you know how to use them, and that's the... That's the thing. They and that's the problem. It's, 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 it's weird because they gave him a push early with Summer yep. Rae that they took Summer Rae away from, which I didn't get that either. Yep. Why? Like it, it made then, her because she's kind of irrelevant. She's just more of a yeah. model slash. She'll do a, a movie that nobody's gonna see. You know yep. that it's just why would you do that? And now he's a jobber. And that yeah, so, he's a, and I think it's too early to make him a jobber. Yeah, for real. Way but too he's early. Like the ascension. He's like the ascension. The same thing happened to the ascension. The same thing happened to uh, what's his name? I want to call him Leo Kruger, Adam Rose. Uh, these guys all came up. All had success successful careers in NXT and they're all bombing out. Kalisto is surviving, but he's about to get he's getting thrown into a feud of Ryback, which That's gonna always I, kill things. But you know why the only reason why he survived is because of the move the, the move he did against the Usos in that, that ladder yeah, match, yeah. which was a great TLC, move. Yeah. It was yeah. insane, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was insane. Selena Del Sol off a ladder, off the top of a ladder. I mean That is insane. And also they they they're trying to get, you know, since they lost Rey Mysterio, they kind of lost that, that mask. Latin, yeah. that Latin masked luchador. They love that. So they need, they need that back. So him and literally, him and Rey Mysterio are probably the same size. Yeah, I, think, I uh, think he's smaller. Yeah, Kalisto may be smaller. And, well, he's like Kalisto, the old Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. That's exactly going to say. You know, he's like the old Rey Mysterio the old how Rey he Mysterio. flies around. Yeah. He's a great luchador, and it's just like he sky's the limit for a lot of guys. But it's obviously if Vince and the higher ups 
say, you know, give this guy a run. Because, like, last night with Dolph, that was a very good match. It was. But what do you do with him now? That's Exactly. That's a good question. What do you do? Because I thought he was going to win. I feel like that would be his way into WrestleMania. Yeah, because it's not like... Because I, I was confused. I was like, why is he coming out? And was like, eh. Okay, and then he made sense. But that promo Triple H cut last night, though. Woo! <laughs> it was a very good promo. It was It was one of those, like, okay, you know... That's let's talk that's about real reality. life. Let's talk about real life situations here. That's and a real people life got situation. it. Real. <laughs> people got it. And that's that's what you need at the end of the day. But uh They said they were gonna get edgier, but they got it. I give them credit, so yeah. They did. I, I give them a, I give them a lot of credit for that promo. Now yes, real quick, I do wanna uh, I wanna finish off with this. We have obviously WrestleMania coming up, NXT, mm-hmm. we talk about all these these different things happening. Yeah. There's some rumors that I have been hearing about. Brie Bella yeah. and Lana, you know, they're gonna have this match. Probably yeah, it's gonna be a six. I think it's gonna be a six woman tag. Is that what we're looking at Me right too. here? I think. I think. Yeah, they did say they were gonna try to put together two divas matches. The main one with because uh, the Charlotte, uh, Sasha Bank and Becky Lynch is actually one of the main events. And I, I think it should be. They're gonna. I think they're gonna bring it. They're gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be a very good match. That is actually one of the main event matches. Mm-hmm. So, because um, WrestleMania has about four main event matches, give or take, every year, mm-hmm. and that is one of them. Obviously, Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose is one of them. Roman Reigns, and this dude is one of them. Triple H, and then Undertaker, Shane is the other one. So we have four main event matches, and the Divas match is the last is the last uh, main event match. Right. And yeah, there. But they did say they're gonna put another Divas match together, and it looks like. We're gonna see Lana's debut in the ring at uh, WrestleMania, so which I kind of don't mind. So Team PCB, I said Team PCB, uh, Team Bad and Lana versus I guess Brie Bella, Paige, and somebody else, maybe Natalia. I think Alicia Fox or Alicia. Yeah, oh, yeah she yeah, she Alicia did Fox. get she did get clocked last you know last night. So they, that's that yeah, has to mean something. I, yeah, I, I see this, yeah. and now, but this goes into what I'm saying with rumors. It, could this be the end for uh, this for Brie Bella? This is it, right? This is her. Uh... Yeah, she she said she's going by the summer. Uh, it was speculated maybe she'll go after uh, Fastlane that she was probably going to retire. But yeah, this is probably her last WrestleMania. Same thing with uh, Alicia Fox. I don't think this is her last. Alicia one. Fox, eight years in. I mean, you know, she she has a lot. She's still young. It's not like she doesn't have. You remember, you can wrestle until you're like 50. Look at The Undertaker. <laughs> well, it's different. I feel like with men and women, it's a, it's a different as long breakdown. As you stick, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I think Natty's in her 30s. Yeah. At least. I mean, it's not like detrimental that you be a young, flashy diva. I mean, as they like to use the term diva. As long as you can still go and you, you know, have some professionalism to you. As Alicia Fox does, mm-hmm. I mean, she. I mean, Natalia, I think, has probably been there longer than her. I think so. It's it's funny because I remember when they both started too. Yeah, because remember that she came in with uh, her husband and David Hart Smith, aka uh, British Bulldog son. Yeah, yeah. Baby Boy Smith son. Yeah. So how the Hart found the new Hart Foundation, right? That's the new Hart Foundation, and yeah. it's funny. She, you know, she hasn't changed her theme. Like, since no, she got in, right? she hasn't, yeah. Like, she's had the same thing since she debuted. 
And that's fine. That's hey, it's consistency. And that's that's really what it's about. Um, real quick, last thing I want to bring up. Yes, um, sir. Hall of Fame. We just saw Jacqueline was the. Uh, is she the last? I think she was the last one. They are uh, putting. Uh, there's usually a celebrity win. Okay. So the celebrity is probably. The rumor was Regis Philbin. I think it was <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> He got in already. Oh, he did get he's in already. He's, he's in a Hall of Fame already. Okay. I think I went to. Yeah, I was there. It was the yeah, I went to WrestleMania. Oh, okay. Um, he got it. He got booed. Hmm. I remember he getting booed to hell. Like he sounds like people hell. knew something back then. Um, oh yeah, we, we <laughs> wrestling fans aren't dumb. So we aren't that dumb. <laughs> so what do you think, Jacqueline? I, I think it's well deserved. I was happy that they they thought yeah. about her. I, I I felt like she was gonna be one of those people they forget. You know. But I was happy they, they remembered her, and she did a lot for that company. She was a referee. Oh, she won man. the cruiserweight title. She she did everything. Like, and she was the woman champion. I obviously. You know the you know what the sad thing is though. Thinking about her, you know who exactly mirrors her, right? But she will never get in. Who? China. Oh yeah, no, I I I agree. But those two, like she did, like China deserves a spot, but she won't never. She they will never let her. I right? felt like they should have had Jacqueline in before Lita and before Trish Stratus. Even they had, they should have had a Lundra Blaze in before them as well. But well, you know, it was politics that regarding should, that. Though, that should have, she should have went in before Lita and Trish. But Jacqueline, she could have waited until after those two. Like those three, and the uh, and Sunny, sadly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those four, kind of like Sable is gonna go in one day. Like Sable, Sable as much. I think Sable didn't do much in the ring. She did. She did. She did some things, but Sable's gonna go in eventually one day. Uh, I think Ivory will go in one day, and then after that, Molly Holly, I would believe, goes in. Mm, yeah, and they only get one woman then, per year, so. Yeah, and then no, I'm saying eventually all these ladies will go in, but then after that, maybe a Michelle McCool. No. Layla, maybe. No. I think, no, I think I'm Michelle McCool going. No. No. I'm yeah. sorry. I just can't. I can't. Me personally, I no. I think she would go in. I think she would go in. I really think she would go in. Okay. I, think, well, no, I, I don't know. I, I Like I said, because Undertaker's, well, okay. Undertaker's wife, that's that's what we're going to say? Yes. Tori Wilson, maybe. Uh, you got people. You got, I mean, you have a few people who are, you have to consider, but they, because you got to think about it. Divas Division really just kicked off not too uh it, it, it feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it got rebooted roughly, you know, just a couple of uh, this past summer? <laughs> well, let's, let's be honest. It, that's what it really got rebooted. Know, I mean like with the championship, it got rebooted in like the late nineties, early two thousands. Like so you have to take into account all the ladies from that from that era. Allegra Blaze was like the only standout outside of Luna Vachon and mm. Sensational Sherry and, and, and Miss Elizabeth. Like, they were all standouts, but they were like more, I would call those ladies more like the ladies of the 80s and early 90s. The ladies of like the Sunny era, Sunny was literally like the first diva, and I will give her that credit. She was like the first diva. So the ladies, so from her era, Sunny's era up would be like Sunny Sable. And then Trish, Lita, and then a whole bunch of ladies that were just scattered in between, like Molly, Holly, Ivory, Miss Jacqueline, uh, so many. And okay. then some that just fizzled in, fizzled out. So that's why I said, looking into that, like, 
ball, that little crystal ball, it's not too many people you can put in the Hall of Fame that are well-deserving of it outside of the few I named before. Okay, Dr. Black, as always, giving the top insight on the world of wrestling for Keep It A Real Sports. Um, once again, you can check out his uh, podcast. It's on our SoundCloud. Go to the Keep It A Real Sports SoundCloud. The website should be up in another week. So uh, definitely want to check that uh, out also. So, yeah, another week. You'll see everything in its written form. And, we'll be, and we're coming back this week. Yay. And they're coming back this week. Perfect. Yeah, I needed a, I needed a break. My, um, you know what's going on with me. So uh, okay, I needed well, a break. This got personal really fast on the air. But um, <laughs> oh no 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 no, I'm good. It's just an injury, but uh, I'm, I'm okay. If you listen to the show, you know what the injury is. Listen to it. It's on the SoundCloud. It's all the episodes are in order, so you'll hear some all good right. stuff. Check it out. Thank uh, you for having me, sir. Yes, thank you for calling in. As it's always, been a pleasure. As all always, right. man. All right, that was Doctor Black. As always, the uh, one of the doctors of wrestling. I'm gonna do is uh, take a quick song break, and of course, you know we're gonna play another song from Space Jam, and we're gonna wrap things up. This is Sports Social.
right. A little fly like an eagle seal. It's the last song I'm gonna play off my Space Jam day of basically all the Space Jam songs off the soundtrack. Great soundtrack back in the day. 20 years since the movie came out. And it's been a great show. I mean, it's the first live one. Been a while. And it feels good. You know, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Spending some of your Tuesday afternoon with me. I know you're probably at work listening via the TuneIn app, soundcastfm.com. Soon on keepitarealsports.com once that whole situation is uh, is all under control. But, uh, you know, once again, this is something that we want to build here, here at Soundcast FM. Regular programming and that you guys will enjoy. And just hear from you guys to always call in, chime in, whether it's via Twitter, calling into the hotline. Once again, 516-900-2278. Sports Social with myself, Ed Easton, Monday through Thursday, 1 p.m. Let's try to keep that. Let's see if we can bookmark that on everything you have, you know, whatever it is, your Google or whatever. Let's get this going. And yeah, you know, that's that's really what it's all about. So uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. And that's a wrap. <laughs>